0: Everybody, I'm glad you've joined us. My name is Ethan, and I'm Thomas. This is the Taraxicon Podcast, an informative podcast of Tarask proportions.
1: All right, hey everybody! Today we're going to be talking about encounters. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go! Woo. Everybody loves a good encounter. So. Let's go ahead and get started with the. I'm sure you guys uh, understand the format of our episodes, so you know the first thing we're going to ask is what is an encounter?
0: Okay, before we get into encounters, real quick though, uh, last episode we, we talked about the Hulk milk, and uh, I went Google it, so I. Yeah, I totally remember now as soon as I saw the picture of the Hershey's chocolate syrup that was green and had the Hulk on it, it was like oh yeah, I remember begging my fucking mom to get me at, like one of those at the store. We were in Albertsons walking around and I saw it and I was like mom, please, please. She was like no, you drink too much milk as it is.
1: God, I mean there had to be a I guess I wouldn't call it illegal because back then they wouldn't have made the product if it was. A, but like a questionably large <laughs> amount of green food diet that oh, yeah. had to be not good for people, including children, who it was advertised for.
0: Yeah, that was like the 90s or early 2000s, man. Just Remember when you go
1: into the mall <laughs> and they'd have the gangster Bugs Bunny shirts and yeah, the yeah. Spongebob? Isn't that crazy <laughs> that that was a thing? And oh, then they no, would man. like spray it was a lot of spray paint art on like shirts yep, and yep. uh and he- baseball helmets, like of all things.
0: <laughs> I didn't I didn't see the baseball helmets, but uh so I've told you before I went to middle school in a not so nice neighborhood and for some reason when I was in middle school a big thing was Dora the Explorer backpacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really, really tiny dudes. back, backpacks. yeah, wearing pink little backpacks.
1: I don't even know why. What like I, I don't know like, either. Uh, I never
0: understood it. I always. Saw oh, it. It they also had like, Hello what?
1: Kitty, like decked out in jewelry too, and like, blinked out <laughs> yeah. in a similar fashion. And then there's also like all the goth shit and like underground shit that was happening too. Anyways, um, <laughs> an, an encounter <laughs> is a situation where a problem arises that if it should be addressed, um, which most likely it does, uh, like, happens in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, and I I think they also hit on basically every pillar that we've talked about of DTRPGs, combat, social, and exploration. Uh, You know, so with, like, social, you can do things that might be a debate or just a, a tense talk, you know, with a, a town master or mayor to or king. convince the villain
1: to give up. That, yeah, <laughs> that kind
0: of thing. Uh, exploration could be that you might need to get to a place within a certain amount of time or else, you know, someone dies or anything or like that. Or it's just that.
1: dangerous and you could die.
0: Right. And then, you know, combat is a pretty self-explanatory one. Combat is the encounter. Um, so. Beat the shit out of people. Yeah, or get the shit beat out of you, as, uh, as Brock quickly found out. Um. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. He said follow him, and nobody else did. I was the only one who did right there. As far Sounds as
1: like concerned. a skill issue.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: what is an encounter made up of? Uh, it is made up of conflict. You know, the problem. Mm-hmm. uh your choices, how Great you growth. solve that problem basically. Uh and then along with curves and twists, some little anomalies that could, you know, mix things up. Perhaps you are trying to you see a guy stuck in a tree and there's some wolves at the uh bottom of the tree. You're like, oh, we need to save him but you go and it turns out uh he is like a I don't know, let's go with I was I was say like a trapper, but I mean like, you know, a bad guy, a bandit or something, <laughs> and he kills people, and then suddenly like, oh, now we have to make a choice. Do we leave him? Do we save him? You know, all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh the solution or the outcome. So, you know, yeah, we killed him <laughs> or we let the wolves kill him, or like, oh, we saved him, but then we turned him into the guard, you know. The overall result of the uh encounter. What do you think, Ethan?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much nails all of it. You know, I think uh, that's part of the the whole choices typically kind of dictates what the solution or the outcome is going to end up being. And I believe personally that the curves and the twists are kind of what make an encounter more memorable, Uh, putting people into more morally gray areas and things that are going to have to make them think in character, you know, what... What would I do in this situation? Uh, you know, in, in the sense of there's a, a bad guy, bandit, being trapped by all, you know, in the tree with all of the wolves. Maybe the wolves are trained from a town over, and, you know, that bandit's the last Guard of his dogs. crew. Yeah, and, you know, sure, they they look like wolves. They're just and, being good boys. <laughs> yeah, and you kill them all, and it's like, oh, thanks for the help, adventurers. And, uh, you know, then you travel on down to the town it's like our oh, wolves never came back after chasing you know chasing down this bandit that just raped and pillaged throughout the entire uh town you know and then it's like oh crap we didn't do good you know um but that, that's yeah that's part of every encounter of uh, the choices typically again dictate solution and outcome and uh that might Dictate how things progress in the story or just in the world in general So how about let's talk a little bit about how we create an unforgettable encounter
1: Or at least a more memorable one. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so you know we have uh, You want to have options in your encounters uh it's not so bad to have them uh you know oh you stumbled across goblins gotta kill the goblins you know that's fine Mm -hmm. but you know maybe the goblins one of them speaks common and now this turns into a social encounter that's a little interesting thing that doesn't happen too often with goblins so you know give them some choices to make and your players will make the choices on top of that even if you did want it to just stay in one type of, of encounter, uh, if you give goblins, like, you know, they're out in the middle of the road, kill them, you know, that's fine. But you're fighting the goblins, then all of a sudden they push out a wagon with a mounted ballista on the side. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a, now there's a problem here. <laughs> and uh, now you have some options. Uh, do you kill all the normal goblins or do you... or do you deal with this giant fucking ballista that's about to, like, unload whoop-ass on you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just give them some choices regardless of the encounter, uh, because, you know, more variety always makes it uh, spicier.
0: Yeah, I think another thing that's kind of important is how much uh, challenge is involved. So, for instance, in my campaign, uh, my group had come across an entire village that was just wiped out entirely by well, what reports was as a, a big white dragon. And uh they're they're pretty high level, so they went tracked down the dragon's lair and went in. But you know, I didn't want it to be quite so easy, so I made the dragon meet him halfway. He he kinda came out the lair a bit. And uh What that ended up amounting to was somebody got grabbed and brought, yeah, and dragged further into the the lair. Now they have to go in a person down, and they feel that they have to do it quickly because well somebody's about to die. You know
1: what I'm gonna do? That gave me an idea.
0: (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) So
1: (laughs) hear me out. Uh, This wouldn't happen for a long time. Uh, You go to a mountain. Let's say you're hunting a dragon. You find the lair. You go in. No dragon. (laughs) You search the whole lair. It's crazy. There's no dragon, no loot or anything. You find this opening on, like, way up above the lair that goes out to this large, steep mountain scape where, like, it's like a platform. Let's say, like, 60 feet round. You're all out there being like, where the fuck is the dragon? And then the dragon shows up at the entrance where you just walked out from. So now you are all trapped on this high terrace. And the dragon immediately, when he lands, does, like, a giant wind gust Mm -hmm. with his wings. And, like, you guys get saved or you fall to your deaths. And now this fight, even though it's, like, let's say you didn't beef up the dragon or whatever... uh, now this fight is a lot more challenging just by the nature of like he could just grab you and just throw you off the cliff <laughs> not even not even fighting you just
0: yep, just blow yep.
1: you off the cliff and you're dead
0: yeah i had a uh, a big fight similar like that except with harpies who's was like an army of them uh versus the group and like an army of aarakocra and uh that that happened and uh, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, someone was going to die, but I, I gave him a little deus ex machina of like an old character that, you know, that was a a DMPC that had disappeared earlier on in the campaign, popped back up because it was kind of story related and driven and uh, helped him get his footing back onto the plateau where they were fighting. And uh, yeah, that was a. I know the the guys still talk about it every now and again because they're like oh man I remember that time <laughs> and uh you also,
1: um, I looked up uh, army rules mm-hmm. for like mass combat I guess I should say not that it's relevant to our campaign or anything but I just thought it'd be really cool if you had a uh, fought an army of goblins like low level NPCs or whatever <laughs> uh And, like, when I say army, I mean, like, fucking, like, thousands. Like, uh, you know, of course they can shoot arrows and shit, but you can, like, defend with, like, shield spells or just a actual shield. Mm -hmm. So, like, you'd it would be hard because you'd be taking a lot of damage every round. But, like, imagine just, like, a a group of, like, very Conan-style, like a group of adventurers on top of a hill of goblin corpses while the goblins are, like, climbing the hill to attack y'all, and y'all just, like, keep killing them. Like, that'd be cool. Anyways... Uh, so yeah, make your stuff challenging. Uh, there's a lot of creative ways you can go to address that issue. We've already just kind of casually, we're talking about it. Um, and we weren't even, you know, trying to think about it. So, uh, there's a little caveat here uh, you don't want to draw out your encounters too mm-hmm. long because then it starts getting stale. People start getting tired. Like, people can only maintain their focus for so long. And in today's era of technology, people really don't have a long attention span to begin with. Now you could do your best to remedy that by making them, you know, making it so interesting that they're willing to focus for longer periods of time. But when you do an encounter and you put a bullet sponge out there and the encounter goes on for 20 rounds and it's not even like a main boss or central to the story, That it's going to be tiring. People are going to stop paying attention. And also, if you're going to make people stop to do the encounter, don't make it too short. If you're fighting a single goblin with 1 HP against your full (laughs) level 10 parties and you make everyone roll initiative and you make everyone wait for you to play on a map and then you put the goblin to kill the goblin one fucking turn and then you have to put everything back up. That's just a time waster. Like you know, you could you could even not even do anything. You just like, hey, I want to kill the goblin. Okay, goblin's dead.
0: Yeah. Because but be what encounter before.
1: even is that? Yeah. Unless you make the goblin cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was running Lost Mines for a group of friends, and uh, and oh, we talked about it before. What is the name of the place that is like northeast of Phandelver? The, the oh, broken Fendlin. down fort,
1: Owl Well Fort, like Fort
0: Owl Well or something like that. Something like that. Well, in there, there's you know a bunch of bugbears and goblins and stuff, and uh, I I ran it as oh, you mean Cragmaw
1: Castle or like I Kragmaw think
0: Cave? so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in there, they uh, they encountered a goblin. I can't remember his name, but. Uh, as he put it, he was the quote-unquote leader of all of these goblins, and uh,
1: Clark the bugbear.
0: <laughs> he didn't want to actually be helping any of the bad guys, and was like, "Look, just uh, just spare us, and I'll help you guys make some money." And you know, of money. course, their their eyes lit up at the the prospect of making some money, and that is the the fable of uh, whatever his name was, the business goblin. <laughs>
1: But, Listen, I ain't cut out for this yeah. kind of evil doer stuff. I just want to make
0: money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean,
1: I want to pull stacks. Yeah,
0: so. that's basically what it was. He was like, "Look, man, I'm not really a bandit. I'm just in this to make some money. You know, I'm a business goblin. I'm They're an like, investor. What? <laughs> <laughs> a business goblin? Tell me more." <laughs> but uh, well, I think see, I have these
1: sto these these like stones. And uh, but they're unique. Everyone has like a unique kind of stone, all right? And I make the stones, all right? Uh, and when you get the stone, you get an official piece of paper that says I gave you this stone, all right?
0: I <laughs> it's written down in a public ledger, and uh, and,
1: and no one else can have it, <laughs> even though there's like, he's on like a pile of pebbles all over the They cave. all
0: look the same. <laughs>
1: yeah, they all look the same. This one is unique, because I put a scratch
0: on I call that. it a non-fungible token. Uh, but nevertheless uh, I think that's part of an unforgettable or at least a memorable encounter is that it has to be and feel rewarding
1: yeah uh, you know break out the bank Uh, either you can dish out some hard cash which players always love Uh, players more than that I would say love to get items Mm -hmm. I mean you can even if you don't want to I've heard this before from other much more intellectual people than i but if you want to give people really powerful stuff but you're afraid that they would abuse it well just make it a one-time use make it temporary you know make it have a time limit hey this has to be used today or else it expires uh like and then that way you know there you can have the scroll of instant kill Oh no! They can instant kill someone. They're gonna save that till the vi- the mo- the main villain at the final story. You can just be like, hey, yeah, this spell expires by the end of the day. Great! They use it on like a goblin or a guard, <laughs> like, because <laughs> it's just gonna go away anyways. So having small little items like that, really good. It's almost like a snack. You know, they get it's like, oh, this is really good little Kit Kat candy bar. Uh, I've eaten it and now it's time to move on you know that it's yeah. fully accepting
0: I'm also you, a fan of just adding drawbacks to those really powerful things like the scroll of insta kill cool kills you Yeah, no <laughs> it leaves you with one hit point good luck
1: <laughs> for uh, one day until you long
0: rest you know so sure you can insta kill things but uh, let's, uh, let's be mindful that you might also die almost immediately after you know, so then they, they really have to think hard about when they're going to use it, how it's going to be used, and those types of things.
1: So, that's how you make a uh, unforgettable encounter. We'll just quickly go over what encounters uh, that you would make that would appear to be very forgettable. Uh, just as a starter, um, one-dimensional encounters... Just kind of like what we talked about before. If it's just one goblin and there's nothing great about that goblin and that's it. And you made them just roll initiative to just kill the goblin. Yep. Even if they try to do something with the goblin, like, where'd you come from? And it's like, the goblin doesn't understand you and refuses to speak to you and tries to attack you. Even even if you just, like, don't try to make it interesting or something, uh, it's going to come out flat they're gonna kill the goblin and they're gonna move on and they will (laughs) never speak of it ever again because there will be no need to
0: yep or just a a simple group of bandits that haven't done anything to them personally or you know really anybody they know or you know just really forgettable bandits you know that's going to just be okay dispatch the bandits and Move on from that. Never speak of it again. Because basically it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but with that being said. Also. If an encounter is too strong. And unable to be solved differently. Those are some some issues that you can have. That will make encounters kind of forgettable. Or worse. They might not forget about them. And be not too happy about it. You know what I mean? Uh, say they're all level 3. And they encounter... a an ancient great worm yeah in what world are they going to be able to do anything about this you know uh they're going to feel shoehorned into the idea of well we pretty much have to run uh, but if you give them things to solve this problem differently maybe there's some they're in the lair of this great worm and there's rocks above that that look a little loose and You know, should you shoot an arrow at it, you might be able to do some significant bludgeoning damage to this great worm or pin its wing down and, you know, these types of things to give the players an advantage. And, you know, there's there's ways for them to overcome this issue. But if you don't give them these kinds of, you know, uh, problem solving capabilities, then they're not going to want to play. They're not going to want to do that encounter it's going to be run away and we'll never think about this again. So, uh,
1: you were talking about how uh, don't make it too strong, right? hmm Yeah. It sounds like you're touching on a couple of different things there. Like, uh, you know, don't give them only one way to solve something. Yeah. yeah. And then also, if you make it, let's say plain jane and straightforward you're also leaving out a lot of variety
0: mhm uh
1: and at the same time while you do want some variety just make sure you don't go on the flip side and give them too much variety say like you know entering a room full of 1000 doors what do you do <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well <laughs> i guess we try number one, one. <laughs> Uh, it's locked <laughs> My, oh. uh, door 2 locked you, know, you, need to, you need to guess the specific one so uh, you don't want to have like, too many things going on you mm-hmm. want to have just a couple elements to keep it going let's say so let's say you make your encounters and uh, I don't know let's say they're ass or maybe you think they're great and <laughs> your players just aren't having fun uh what can you do to your encounters whether they're you know good or not to kind of elevate them uh well we can kind of start at the end here and just say that make sure that when you reward them that sometimes it's not something that is like monetary or material
0: Yeah, uh, maybe some kind of lore dump. Um, Maybe not, you know, a whole dump because then people might get a little overwhelmed with that. And maybe a little tidbit from somebody's backstory or, you know, uh,
1: anything. Or info relevant to the plot.
0: Yeah, something like that. Uh, Also, another thing I wanted to touch on with the whole, uh, you know, if you're making an encounter and you want to give them some variety, I think. Personally, the way I like to do something like that is sure. There's combat. There might be variety in the the different types of enemies that they might be fighting. But I also like to throw in some some social stuff in between. Maybe you know a little little bit of villain monologue, little dialogue between the the players and the villain might that might go a long way for them to remember this encounter and uh, make them feel like this was a, a worthwhile investment of their time uh, which is to say that your character, your NPCs in the encounter should be interesting
1: as well as you know providing opportunities for uh, role play in it not just uh to be fair if you're doing social encounters you will have some role play but if right. you're doing uh, combat a lot of people would like to just say I do this I do that and that could be okay but Giving some opportunities, like saying the goblin curses at you and says, uh, "Why are you doing this?" Proposes a question. Player's gonna respond, uh, unless they just say it's a goblin. I don't care. I kill him. Uh, <laughs> or you know that happens to them too. You know you're exploring, and you know you just have some downtime. Maybe your characters want to talk about something, especially something relevant to their lore. You know you pass by a a. Shrine, and you know one of your clerics is religious, so then you ask them a question about it or something like that. Uh, another thing you can do is make sure, we talked about it already, but make sure you are adding twists and turns that are not necessarily um, negative or even positive. Uh, situations can change, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, but it doesn't have to be for the better or the worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be fighting someone and then um, you, they start backing up and like retreating a little bit, and they jump in a river and they cut a lumber, there's like a cart that a, a lumberjack is carting his lumber back. They push the cart over, the logs fall in the river, they jump on the logs, you chase them, you jump on the logs, and now you're fighting on the river on the logs. It's not necessarily <laughs> negative or positive, but it is cool <laughs> that now the, the shit has changed.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a little barrel race down the river over the waterfall or something. Um, I think one of my favorite ones, and uh, I remember the the look on all the people in the group's face. We were playing Curse of Strahd, and you know there's there's a lot of wolves and dire wolves that they've been fighting throughout this campaign. And when they first uh, found some werewolves, they were all in wolf form, and they were fighting them. And then one of them spoke, and I remember just looking around at the table. After I was like, "And the wolf says da 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 da," and I look around and everybody's like, "What the hell? Have all of these wolves been able to talk?" Mm -hmm. You know, you can see the the little gears turning in their mind. You know, a little bit of regret on the face and stuff like that. And uh, that that made for a very memorable encounter. And uh, I thought it was a super fun thing, and uh, they seemed to have a good time as well with it. Uh, But another way of improving encounters would be to add multiple endings to these encounters, or just different endings in general. Uh, You know, perhaps it doesn't, you know, it might start as combat, but perhaps you talk them down, um, or the other way around it starts as a social encounter and <laughs> then <you beef> <laughs> yeah. <up. laughs> yeah and uh you say the wrong thing and next thing you know you just start talking shit and throwing yep.
1: shade and like i'm gonna have to attack you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep and uh every now and again it's also important to just kind of throw out you know especially if you've been doing lots of hard encounters back to back to back and it's been a, a slog through all of these things Throw in just a few little goblins every now and again. And allow people to just steamroll through that encounter and, and kind of feel good about themselves. You know, give them just some opportunities to beat down some enemies.
1: Do you say some enemies? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they don't have to be enemies. You know, they can be women enemies.
1: <laughs> so many enemies, so many enemies, <laughs> many enemy, many any any enemies uh, yeah, so some steamrolls encounters where uh, you just completely demolish them. You can your your characters can be level fifteen, let's say, and they have to ambush this carriage that is supposedly transporting uh, something very vital to the quest. And they get there, and it turns out it's just like basic guards, and they're bad guys. And so your characters basically just absolutely wipe the floor with them, and they, let's say they even have a plan, like an ambush, for example, or, like, a really cool plan, even if, like, you know, oh, that wouldn't work because someone would know that this is gonna happen, sometimes you just let it happen and just be like, you know what, everything goes off without without a hitch, or with a hitch, uh, and you just let them completely, like, demolish everything. Yep. They'll, they'll, they'll feel rewarded for being creative, which will also allow or encourage them to continue to do that even more.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, with that in mind, you. Okay. So you've got some encounters made. You've improved upon them where you think they need to be improved. What happens if you are running the encounter, and it's not quite doing how? you wanted to or it's not how it's going in your mind how can you adjust them on the fly to improve them while while the encounter is going on
1: yeah so uh first things first you can always just adjust the health if you're fighting something you care you think hey look you know this is a young white dragon versus a party of level 5. They, sh- they got this. But maybe they just, you know, the dragon starts the encounter rolling three natural 20s, and, like, <laughs> next thing you know, everyone's at 1 HP. Your dragon's at full HP, and they're about to get slaughtered. So now I'm not saying you should just magically make the dragon die or run away. That won't feel too fair. But you should reduce, probably consider reducing the HP... Not from 300 to 100, but perhaps 300 to maybe, like, I don't know, 250, 225. Especially if they, let's say they, they've been fighting the dragon, and the dragon has, like, 10 HP left. And then they do all that shit where everyone's at 1 HP, and then they go throughout the turn, and the, they, a lot of people miss their rolls. But one guy gets, like, 8 or 9 damage. Yeah, well, like then the you could just back. be like, yeah. yeah, you did it. It had that much health left, you know? <laughs> yep. Other than then, like, ah, sorry, 1 HP, he kills all of you games over, I win.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think, I mean, the reverse can be true, though you should be mindful to not really try to do that too often. But say if, you know, they're supposed to be fighting a dragon and they just steamroll through it, well, I mean, you can you can add in an extra twenty hit points here and there, you know. The, At you least one to,
1: round. Yeah, you into.
0: don't you don't want it to last two rounds, or you know, uh, you can you can throw in another round on them, and uh, especially if they're still really healthy and it didn't feel like it was a struggle throughout this encounter, throw throw a little bit more HP on it. But uh, another thing you could look into is adjusting how much damage the monster's doing. So, like you were saying, if it rolls three natural 20s back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, well, then, you know, maybe the next time it attacks, it's not rolling so hot. You know? Or vice versa. If it's been just not hitting, it's getting destroyed, and, uh, you know, this encounter was supposed to be kind of a significant moment and a impactful moment, well, you know, beef up the damage a little bit. I know? will
1: say if you, the the conversation of whether you should fudge your dice rolls or not is a different conversation. Um, I personally don't, but what I would say when you, if you want to beef up the monster damage, there's two things you can do. You can either add more dice uh, and you know, you are not you are still leaving it up to chance but mm-hmm. you are increasing the f- factors by which they do it. You can also just say this monster actually has um advantage on attacks in a certain scenario and then make make that scenario or something like that or you know not all monsters have to be their stat blocks you can just you can just implement a change that happens hey the boss becomes enraged what Mm -hmm. does that mean oh i don't know but they get increased dice rolls now (laughs) like (laughs) yeah
0: i mean another one so i don't particularly fudge rolls uh every now and again i might if it just feels like it would be the most important thing to do um but typically i would never do such a thing but i will absolutely say okay if it's supposed to roll 2d6 plus three and it's just kind of been not really doing enough damage 2d6 plus five now screw it
1: (laughs) static damage yeah uh, actually, actually I accidentally touched on another thing which is uh, adding stages to boss fights mm-hmm. where you know if things aren't working out either way and you need an opportunity to mix things up you could just on the fly just okay entering stage 2 The bo- you could even say one of those stupid things where like the boss gets all of their health back yeah. as they become <laughs> enraged and they ...complete the ritual that transforms them into a demon... ...or they retreat into the lair... ...and as they retreat through a secret doorway... ...that you didn't see when you came in... ...they took a potion of supreme healing... Mm -hmm. ...on their way to the next stage of the boss fight... ...which could be an actual room. So when you fight your way back through there... ...they're in a second stage. Aha! You know, with more twists and
0: turns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another thing that could be done and this could be done for either side uh this kind of really only applies for allies that have done good throughout the world because you know if you've just made nothing but enemies you're not going to really expect anybody to show up to your aid but if your group's doing really poorly throw in some reinforcements you know maybe round two round three uh you know some guards from the nearby town show up to help uh you know, and vice versa for the enemies.
1: Cannon fodder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and if, uh, you know, they're just destroying the, the group of bandits that, you know, you wanted this to be a bit more impactful, well, maybe the bandits had some more people waiting uh behind. Just it, you around know. the corner. Yeah, oh, hey, you know, these guys are taking a while to come back. Let's go check on them. Oh, no, fight. Uh, And that that's certainly a good way to adjust the encounter to either lengthen it or even just provide more uh, solutions or just more variety in general
1: yeah and if you are doing encounters that have like puzzles in them uh, or things that might be integral to a encounter request uh, you can leave little hints and notes for players to find Uh, so if they're, let's say, trying to solve a puzzle, maybe they search the room and they uncover some rubble and you give them some carvings on the wall or a paper or a journal from someone who tried to figure out the puzzle last time that they then use to, like, assist them. Yeah. And uh, you also can, if you're, you know, changing the stage of a boss fight, reinforcements come in or what have you, you can also change the environment. Uh, you shoot a fireball into a crowd of people in the woods. It's a dry season, the woods catch on fire. You know, that's now, now branches are falling from the, the, the what do you call it, the, the, the tree the line? tree? <laughs> well, I mean like the ceiling. Is canopy. what I was trying to say. Yeah, the canopy. Uh, and it's, it's maybe it gets harder to breathe when you, because, uh, you know, you start suffocating as well as smoke. Or, you know, you guys fall in the river of logs that you're chasing someone on. And now you're in some rapids. Good luck, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Fighting in full armor in the water.
0: Getting uh, some bludgeoning damage every now and again from a log.
1: Yeah, or you fall off a cliff or fighting in midair. Who knows? A lot of crazy shit. You can mix up the environments to allow for some cool little interactions.
0: Yeah, I think one of them that shouldn't be slept on is uh, adding in difficult terrain. Uh, Difficult terrain can change entirely the the strategies on how combat's going to be ran. Um, You know, just by virtue of people not being able to move indefinitely. Um, you know, in the in the scenario of a burning woods, well, you know, maybe after a round or two enough branches have fallen that there's difficult terrain all over the place and there's fire everywhere and now there's you know all of these hazards that you also have to keep in mind about while still trying to fight people. And uh back to puzzle solutions, I think it is important to note that I don't think you should be giving puzzle solutions out willy-nilly. You should make it to where, for instance, they've been trying this puzzle for quite some time and they're not getting any kind of, uh, you know, they're not gaining anything out of it. They're not progressing well. You know, maybe if one of the players decides, okay, screw this, I'm going to go search, you know, over here. Well, maybe they happen to miss something previous and now they find, you know, the solution or, or a hint. And uh, that type of thing, but you know, in general, yeah, in general, avoid just giving them the outright solution until they're trying other things to be creative. And in that way, you can kind of reward the creativity and the out of the box thinking. And uh, you know, that's going to feel a lot better than, man, we can't figure out this puzzle. Oh, a slip of paper falls from on top of this bookshelf, and now you you guys know how to solve the puzzle.
1: Good job. Yeah,
0: did that. Yep. And I think lastly, we we could talk about a story change. So I think uh, you know, say if there's an encounter going on that's supposed to be impactful, and they just burn through it, and they don't search the body, and they don't find the letter to so and so that's supposed to lead them on to the next part of the story. I'll just change the story. You know, uh, you change it up to where now they don't need that. Maybe they go to the next town over and hear a rumor that will lead them to it instead. You know, those those types of things can uh, be helpful. Uh, you know, this is more of an adjustment after the fact, but uh, certainly valid.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, you can also start mixing up some things like for perhaps to say like the fighter's arch nemesis has been known to wander these woods, for example. Uh implementing that possibility of like story can also mix up an encounter. Hell, you might be in the middle of an encounter and then that guy shows up <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit, what like, how's he related to this? Did he send the bandits? Or is he just separate from this? You know, like you if you don't change anything about the encounter even including a surprise visit or it doesn't have to be a person per se but just a story moment like you get a flashback and now you have the story progression in the middle of combat wait a minute this is the woods where i was raised by wolves or some shit so uh those are some things you can use on the fly to make your encounters uh A little more balanced in terms of entertainment, Uh, so uh, now that we've talked about all this, um, we'll just quickly give some quick examples of uh, encounters.
0: What's up with humans' fascinations with being raised by wolves? It's primal.
1: Yeah, but like,
0: hear me out. It's crazy because, like, sure, it it can be kind of a it's wild. you know, a trope that, that people do for their own backstories and blah, blah. But, like, even the story of Romulus and Remus, it, which is, like, the, the mythos behind the, the rise of Rome, or the creation of it, rather. They were raised by wolves. Like, <laughs> Even back then, people were like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> What's up with
1: yeah. that? Yeah, put that shit in there. Put that shit in there.
0: <laughs> ah. Wow, Nevertheless I think that's just a, you know, it's a, a stereotype or maybe even just an archetype of people. You know, the kind of dudes that wear wolf shirts.
1: <laughs> uh, it says, like, respect the alpha.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I had a buddy in high school. He went get a uh, a tattoo of a wolf howling at the moon, and we, we made fun of him for quite some time for that one. <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, because I'm a lone wolf. And it's like, Seth, you hang out with us, like, every weekend. What the fuck do you mean, lone wolf? (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, back to examples now. Uh, So, with social encounters, you might see something like a debate. Uh, This could be, you know, some kind of parliamentary debate, you know, over passing of laws. Um, You can see maybe an interrogation sequence. We had one of those recently. In uh, our campaign. And I thought that was a pretty enjoyable encounter. To be fair. uh, Where we got to pretend to do the whole good cop, bad cop routine. And uh, well. Mainly good cop, bad cop. And wild card. (laughs) In the background. But uh, nevertheless. I thought that was pretty fun for a social encounter. And uh, then there's the, the one. Everybody's favorite. Haggling with the shopkeeper. You know, uh, perhaps you get some some good info to kind of blackmail them and you know, maybe get favorable deals, or you know, perhaps there's just you're very persuasive, you know, you're a very persuasive bard.
1: <laughs> hey, you're a real funny guy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah, you know, uh, maybe if I juggle really well he'll give me a discount. <laughs>
1: <laughs> juggle knives really close to his face. <laughs>
0: It would be a shame so, if it Yeah, it.
1: <laughs> you better hope I don't mess up. <laughs> uh, so if we look at this in terms of exploration, uh, you know, you can have a tracking encounter, whether mm-hmm. this is like trying to follow someone or determine like you're hunting maybe, maybe both, who knows. Uh, you can also have like searching encounters. You need to find the entrance to the cave, but it's hidden. So you need to look around, or maybe you it's like way high up, so you need to like do some traveling and climbing, some athleticism involved. Uh, or you get lost, and maybe, or on top of that even further, you lose something valuable. The key to the castle, you lose it. Damn, <laughs> all right, well we gotta find it. So you gotta start searching around, find this place, find this key, uh and you go ahead and do all those things with all the things we've kind of mentioned before uh and you know just some quick tidbits you can have to help you ex- uh or let's say add in some encounters when it comes to exploration other than just you travel one place to the next
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think another good one for exploration would be like a chase sequence um say if you're chasing somebody down You know, there could be all of these. Yeah, or being chased. Uh, There's, you know, these hazards that might pop up. Uh, If you're running through the woods, you know, there's tripping hazards. There's, you know, potential landslides or, you know, just muddy areas and all these different things that could kind of spice up the encounter and make it a bit more memorable for people. Um, And then lastly, there's the combat encounters, which I feel like we've done a pretty good job of explaining throughout this entire thing but there should be uh you know this is a call back to earlier in the episode you want a good fight sequence with opportunities for role play throughout the encounter uh you know again villain monologue or even some dialogue that goes on between the villain and the characters um you know nothing's better than dropping a delayed fireball and a the villain dropping a sick one-liner.
1: <laughs> get fucked. Nothing personal, kid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but so, uh,
1: yeah. That are uh, those are just some quick examples to help you get started. But uh, you know feel free to keep watching or re-watching this uh, <laughs> podcast if you ever have some more questions that or didn't understand some concepts fully if you have any questions or comments you'd like to make uh feel free to hit up our email or our social sort of media and we would love to have even an episode where we address these questions
0: yeah yeah absolutely um. You want to maybe talk a little bit about Cryo again? We can talk about some of the encounters, you know, things that we've got for our encounters?
1: Yeah. So, we uh, announced last episode that we were working in conjunction with each other to uh, create a new rpg system and i know what you're thinking oh it's a heartbreaker it's another heartbreaker it's gonna <laughs> beat D. uh no this is just a system that where we've just basically taken the things that we thought were fun and we took the things that we didn't think were fun and left those out and we put in the things that we thought was fun we're just making a game that is fun for us and our friends, that we would enjoy playing, Gives tailored to just us. And then, you know, if it works for other people, then cool.
0: Yeah, so, I, I think, again, it's a loose enough system that I think most people, you know, uh, provided they have enough experience or at least an experienced enough DM, that they can kind of pick and choose the things they like out of it, add in some things, take away some things and uh, pretty much anybody could find it enjoyable. But yeah, ultimately this was for us to enjoy. <laughs> so even
1: if you hate it, feel free to give us some criticism. But other than that, if, uh, if, it's, if it's something we don't think is fun, we just won't do it, and if you want to do it, you can. Yep. So the way we address encounters in Cryo is we've split them into two categories. We call uh, regular encounters just encounters. You know, you roll initiative, This, I guess, for example, this would be more fam- most familiar with D&D's combat, mm-hmm. where uh, you will roll initiative, people will take turns, and uh, you just go turn by turn doing the encounter. Now, this doesn't have to be specifically combat, it could be, you know, uh, social or exploration, uh, but it's something that if you it happens like in a short span of time, that's really important that everyone has a turn. Uh, so that is what we use for encounters, but for other things, little quick sequences that where it's not so important that everyone has a turn, or that's very important, like super integral to the story, I guess. Let's say uh, we have like little skill challenges. That's mm-hmm. the other side of the uh, spectrum, where you just have a quick sequence of events, like chasing someone through an alley, or quickly trying to convince someone to let you through, or chasing someone down a river with while riding on logs. Uh, <laughs> and in those, just, there's just a basic DC that's set over the course of the skill challenge. And then players just go turn by turn. They use any, by the nature of our system, any action they wish that supports their attributes. Uh, and they will make actions. And then if they pass the DCs, everyone, it's almost like a big group check. You know, everyone tries to pass, and those who don't get a little slap on the wrist. But overall, as long as one person passes the skill challenge, you will all succeed. So, the, I guess what you're asking is, like, why would you do these things? And uh, simply put, that is because we have created a little subsystem in the system Uh, A risk-reward system, one for the encounter and one for uh, the skill challenge. Mm -hmm. In the encounter, uh, basically, uh, you will have... This applies to both, but there are risk modifiers uh, that relate to basically... uh, Oh, you know what? That's how, That's actually... How, Ethan, why don't you talk about that? Because that has the encounter formula there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So with the risk, so essentially before the encounter takes place, the group can decide on how risky they would like to engage. And basically all it matters with it is how quickly they think they might be able to finish it. So say it's a group of you know, adventurers at 4th level and they're fighting a bunch of low level goblins. Well, you know, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on that. So they'll try to be a bit riskier with it. They might leave more openings for, you know, counter attacks and these types of things. And by virtue of that, it, you know, increases the amount of damage being dealt. And, um, you know, and to them as well, which gives them more tokens. Tokens are a representation of time, and they're a reward for these encounters. And they're used for things like crafting, upgrading, and mastering actions, and those types of things. Um, And yeah, so there's a a formula that goes along with the risk reward modifiers, and um, essentially it's based off of the levels of, whatever the party's at and the whatever the enemies are at and you can get a minimum of one token per encounter upwards of three to even more if they're taking on something that is really really difficult and uh you know should they take on something really difficult and do it risky well more tokens are rewarded as a as an effect
1: and then you know higher risk of dying uh With the skill challenge, uh, it is more of a speed factor mm-hmm. where you, as a group, will decide how fast you want to do something. It, the, depending on the speed, which is slow, normal, or fast, you will get a number of checks that each person will have to try to succeed at based on the DC you set for the skill challenge. Uh, everyone needs to succeed. Uh, With that and the number of checks is determined by the speed the the faster you are going the more checks You would do the slower. You're going the less checks now Why would you want to do something fast? Well, you might have time constraints on your quest But let's say you didn't even have that Uh, The reason why you would want to go fast is because the faster you go the more tokens you will be rewarded with or uh, the more health you will gain from that skill challenge. You can gain health through the skill challenge, and the skill challenge can also apply to longer bouts of time, like travel. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Doing so, we just replace health with exhaustion. You can relieve exhaustion, or if you fail your checks, you will just get a bunch of exhaustion. Similar to if you fail a bunch of checks, you will uh, lose health.
0: Uh, right, I, uh, and I believe so,
1: we are we rewarding multiple tokens, or is it just one token?
0: I uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to pull up sheet itself. Um, but I can say, as an example, with the interrogation that we had run, uh, we decided to run it fast mainly because we had more opportunity to glean more information. Uh, you know, it, it gave us more opportunity to ask more questions and get more info off of the interrogatees and uh, that was beneficial to us at the moment more so than us taking our time uh, because we were under a time constraint
1: so it worked out also uh, just check you would just get one token for the skill challenge because that is a encounter per se so you will just get one token the reward there is gaining health or relieving points of exhaustion
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh, All this is also work in progress, so of course, you know, we aren't even sure if all this works. (laughs) We're all testing this still. But, you know, just wanted to get it out there so when we start talking about these things, you all know what we're uh, talking about. With that being said, thank you for taking a mystical dive into our tabletop lexicon. Join us in the future as we embark on the next episode of Taraxicon.